vibes and libido. We are your hosts, Trip and Kiki, the podcast where truth seekers help you find your truth. Join us as we delve into all the things you lust, the lies that we tell ourselves, and why our libido drives us to distraction. This is adult-only content, so no kitties under 18, please. Our dialogue is open, honest, and raw. But most of all, we're here to have fun. Welcome to our podcast, Lust, Lies, and Libido. Mm. I can't hear. What's up? Yay. We in there. I was was naked as fuck, man. (laughs) 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 I didn't even know, but whatever. (laughs) Everybody's born naked. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh. How's everyone doing? We we stumble in? Oh. (laughs) On a Thursday. Stumble around. (laughs) <laughs> I'm always naked when I'm at home. It's like I don't even think about it. Gotcha. Hey, nothing wrong with you at home. Exactly. Sure. That's what that's what you're <laughs> Where it should be. Who's like? What's why are we wearing clothes any other time other than to go out? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how is everyone? We We're good. good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Excited to tell all the secrets. Yes, yes, let's tell them. <laughs> okay. Right. Awesome. Yes, we're excited. We're look definitely looking forward to it. All right. So. Oh yeah, I feel like it's it's a topic everybody you know could know more about. So. Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and introduce you to the listeners, so everybody knows who you are. Um, we're talking with said. Said is a 25-year-old grunge musician model who also works as a phone sex operator. Um, she's been working um, in the phone sex industry for a little over a year, and she actually sees herself working long-term in the industry, um, even alongside another career. Now, you can find Said um, on her Instagram, which is at Said Shadowhawk, so that's S-E-D-S-H-A-W, uh, I'm sorry, S-H-A-D-O-W-H-A-W-K. Um, and then she also has a life coach uh, website, that she, and she does life coaching. So we'll make sure to, that you, you guys are able to get the that information, and we'll put that in the details and descriptions. So let's all welcome Sed. Hey, Sed. Um. Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> You don't even know what you're getting into. <laughs> I know, right? It was crazy because, like, so we had video going, and um, <laughs> it's just, you know, we see naked bodies. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is about to start. We starting this on the right foot. <laughs> this is how Take you everybody get up real quick. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Yeah, but, you know, we're all family. So what's up, right? Seth? Tell us a little about you. I mean, how you doing? How's your Thursday going? It's going all right. I mean, I, I um, because I work one to seven, I'm completely nocturnal more than I've ever been. I, I mean, I'm an insomniac, but now it's like I basically am up all night till like 12 noon and then I sleep until like seven. So it's, <laughs> nobody can hang out with me anymore. <laughs> There's no yeah. more going to the bar on Saturdays or going to the club, nothing. Sheesh. So what do you do? I mean, like, how do you how do you manage that? 
Um, a lot of energy drinks. And eventually, <laughs> eventually uh, my body just kind of adjusted to it. But, you know, it took a while. I started with, uh, I guess I started with a different shift sort of thing. And it's like, if you work, if you work your company, you're your own boss. So you basically you can log in whenever you want, as little or as much as you like, depending on the, the company you work with. And I was working a whole other shift. I was working in the day and I was like, oh, I'm only getting like $40 paychecks and get paid weekly. So I'm like, I just expected that to be the, you know, what I was going to get from this job. And then I started working nights and I was like, oh, it's way more busy at nighttime. And you get a lot of Canadian callers and people where their hours are different. So I was like, well, what can I do to, you know, stop getting 18 cents on the minute or get this on a minute? So I complained to the company and they were like, oh, we have this secret system we do where you can work one to seven and you make the maximum pay as long as you fit the minimum requirements of how many calls to make. So that's how I ended up doing this. And since then, it's been like 300 at least every week, you know, so now, it's a big difference <laughs> from yeah, 40. Yeah, that's a huge to- difference. And, and, you know, I mean, I know we can just jump right into it, but I'm taking you talking about your phone sex operating. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, um, so you're talking about, I didn't even know that. So there's different levels based on, I guess, peak hours and times that you, you, um, I guess you're operating. Yes. So you would, I mean, I'd almost expected that it would be busier in the day because, you know, wives may be at work or whatever's going on, but it seems like a lot of the calls come from, lonely guys that aren't in a relationship or if they are then you know they're they're doing this at like three o'clock in the morning you know they're not you know during the day doing it so much that's not always true some days are just very busy but most of the time like consistently on especially like friday saturday and sunday it's right. very busy between one and seven so I can imagine. So let me ask you this question said how does one go about finding a phone sex operator job. I, I don't think that I've ever seen it listed in the newspaper classifieds. Well, first of all, nobody's listing jobs in the newspaper classifieds anymore. But you get my point. <laughs> I know. But you get my she point. She got called out. <laughs> Up here showing her age. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm saying that to be funny. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't really, that's it's not like true. a public posting that you just see when I go to Indeed.com or Monster.com. I'm going to type that in next time I go. It just don't pop up. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how does one go about I mean someone might be interested in doing it. So how would they go about finding that type of job? Shit, I'm interested. Well I had um before I was doing this and I was modeling and you know I never was a fan of being on a a contracted model. I always wanted to be independent. And I was doing this this shady photographer that I had met would pay me like four hundred dollars. And the deal was that he could do shady stuff. He could like, I could do videos for his personal porn. And as a result of that, he would give me a professional quality photos. He was a really good photographer, but he was a skeevy fellow. Mm. And I'd had basically enough of that. I was like, well, you know, I, <laughs> I'd just rather, I'm like, I'm doing this already. So like, what kind of job would there be that like, I wouldn't ever have to touch a guy or do anything like that. And, course it's webcamming and it's all that so i just typed in sexy jobs easy jobs and then sexyjobs.com came up 
and I looked through there and I saw a phone sex operator and I was like, they still do this? What is it, 1980? What, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who's paying for that? How much profit is, is in that? So then I, I looked on a different, a couple different forums and it's always smart to check reviews. I mean, because you, I can't say that I, I came into this company. I love this company, but it was not, you know, I've hopped from company to company to company. And you, you'll get into that. You'll hear about all the different drama you deal with, you know, that you, you get from a, a job like this. You wouldn't get it a nine to five. Um, but yeah, it took me, it took me time to figure out like a company that would work and that I could make good money or decent money from and that had good ethics and not all that goes out the window though. Like none of these companies really care about ethics per se. If you care about ethics, you're not going to make money. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's some company can care about ethics, but if you yourself care about ethics and you're like, oh, I'm never gonna take a call from a pedophile, I'm never gonna take a call from someone who's into bestiality, it's like, well, that's most of the calls. I mean, that's the majority of the calls are gonna be guys that can't have the kind of sex they would like to have ever without going to prison. You know? Wow. Hmm. Really? So, take us into. I guess a call. Take us into a call, a typical call. Like, how does that go? And how how long do they normally last? And well, and while well, you're answering, that, are you doing this from home as well? I want while you're answering that, tell us that you're doing this from home. Okay. Absolutely. The most of the majority of the phone sex companies are going to ask you to have a landline, which is like probably why another reason why people don't know it exists because who yes. has a landline anymore? So uh, when I first started working, I actually purchased a landline and uh, I think it was phone stars. No, I was working for this other company and they were very, it was a lot of work, very much like, a, Oh, you gotta, uh, there's something called blogging and trolling that you have to do. So you basically, you vote on the different sites and you, they have a fake model that they pay and that's who you pretend to be. And it's like, you gotta, so the first company I had like nine characters that I had to remember all their backstories and, all the different voices I had, you know, and, <laughs> but I would only get like two calls, you know, that were actually last 10 minutes. And then the rest of the time I'm sitting there by the phone and, you know, it, it was just like, Oh, this isn't, Oh, we'll get better. We'll get better. But I'm like, I don't have time for it to get better. I'm working so I can make money now. So if I wanted to do that, I could just webcam and do it. It's the same thing. You know, you're blogging, but I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm, I need help and looks. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can just do this myself, you know, so that, that didn't work. There's a lot of drama there. And then I started looking at other companies and other companies were like, uh, you can actually use your cell phone because they stepped out of the eighties <laughs> and realized that most people have cell phones and that you, you know, you do get a better connection with a landline, but you know, if you have a good company, I have, I have Verizon. So it's pretty good. Um, and you can use that and just as effectively as you could use a landline. So that's super convenient for women that want to work from home. Because if you have nothing, even if you don't have kids, if you have kids, whatever, it's all in your own time, you know. You and some of the companies, you know, like Phone Stars, it was another great company. I think in two weeks I made six hundred. Wow. That was pretty great for me because uh, there were other. <laughs> you know, I've worked nine to fives where I made four hundred in two weeks. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, because they want to pay minimum wage and. I was like, well, that's great, because I wasn't even really putting my whole effort into that. I'd only work like four hours a day, but the calls were constant. And they had a, and that was a landline company as well. And you have your laptop set up, and uh, they have a clock 
on the laptop while you're working and you also get paid for idle time. So even the time that you're not getting calls, you're getting paid a percentage as well. And then they also had a, a rewards point system where if you log on more, you know, as you get your paycheck, you're building points for things like Amazon gift cards. So it was actually a revolutionary, amazing company to work for, but they were very strict. Like, like so it was like, ah, you know, don't answer calls from this type of person. Don't answer calls from this type of person. And when you're getting calls constantly, you start to be like, I don't have time for that. Like, I'm going to just take every call, take every call. And I think for me, I got a individual that was underage that called and it's like, you're not going to ask everybody their age. You know, it's like, you're trying to get people to go soft before they call you. <laughs> and so I guess it was a guy that was like 17 and I didn't, I didn't hear the, that he was prepubescent in his voice and I didn't ask him. And that's how I ended up getting fired. Nothing told, no, nobody texted me, nobody, no email, just I couldn't log into the system. So it was pretty shifty. But, how, <laughs> but I have to ask how that's, that's really a good point is how do they vet, you know, who's underage and who's not? I mean, cause unless you see them or see some type of ID, how do they know? You know, that's kind of was unfair for you, I think, you know, because how else were you supposed to know? It's, unless there's a certain way that they do it to know that someone's underage. Yeah, and they, and they would say uh, that all the people, you know, you put their, uh, they put the credit card info and they put all this in and, and they would claim that they were doing background checks. I just don't buy it. I don't buy that you, you would have the money to invest in giving every client a, uh, background check. I mean, it's a billion dollar industry. It's, you know, it was very constant. Like I never went 20 seconds without a call. You know, I'm like, you're not giving all these guys background checks. You're not doing all this. So I felt like it, in a way, it was almost like they were looking for reasons to sabotage the workers. I'm not sure why. Like, it's like they didn't want to give that money out or whatever. But yeah, it did seem a little unfair to me. I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm here to take calls. I'm not here to be the private investigator and know all the stuff about these people. So that's right. You know, I don't know how much how much of their vetting process was, you know, them trying to cover their own ass, but, or how much of it was, you know, trying to make us feel like you know some kind of way comfortable about it. But yeah, it was it's it's a little too much, you know, at that point. Right. Everything else about that company, great, <clears throat> but that no, not so much. But you asked how a uh, typical call would go. Yes, that's what um, I'm interested to hear. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> you get it, you get you get some weird ones. Um, <laughs> I was with uh, I was with my boyfriend the other day, and I had a guy that called. I, was, I had just logged in, and uh, he was outside doing something. He was out in the hall or something, and it was like it was a poop fetish guy. <laughs> it was like, and he 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 ducked his head, and he was like, "Welcome to work." <laughs> But um, <laughs> typically, it'll just start off with um, with the company I'm with now. It's very simple. There's no website. There's nothing. It's just your cell phone. Um, and you basically, you make up the character as you go. You can record a greeting. People can listen to that greeting. And they can pick you. But it's so disorganized otherwise that, you know, you could put a greeting out there and they still route that call to another person. So I have two fake characters. And the first one I was using was Veronica, the Filipino. <laughs> and I would use her in the daytime, and I, I would get very long calls with her. I would get sometimes like a two-hour long call with her. 
but the accent would throw a lot of guys off. So I felt like the quality of the calls I would get might be better, but the quantity was less. So I was like, oh, I got to find something. And as I listened, I'm like, oh, these guys like underage girls. You know, they, that's what they like. They like underage girls or boys or, you know, so I have to be younger. And I'm like, but I can't say I'm 16. So I won't make a greeting for her at all. I'll just simply log in and whoever's routed to me, I'll just be Janet and I'll be young and full of life and wondering where I'm going to go. And, you know, <laughs> and that's the, you know, I'll get a guy that calls in and he'll be like, hi, my name's James. And some of them are instantly, what do you look like? And I'm like, oh, I'm five two. I have long red hair and blue eyes. And, and it's usually a description right off the bat, you know, and then, they might describe themselves. Every guy is eight inches. I mean, <laughs> every one of them. You know, there's nobody I've ever met that that you know that claims they have a big dick that's less than eight inches. Like none of them say they're average. The lies we tell ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and then you can also get guys who are called that have like a micro penis. It might be like two or three inches. And they say like, that. Those are the most fun. <laughs> they tell you that. Two or three inches, yeah. Wow. And they're usually into cuckolding, so they'll say, oh, you know, my wife is, uh, you know, fucking a black guy, and, like, uh, there's a lot of that, too. You're like, I'm three inches, and they want you to tell them they have a baby cock, or that they're, you know, you, they want to be insulted the whole time, and then you yeah, hear, so they and then they get off. Interesting. <laughs> that is very yeah, interesting. Yeah, so you get that. But there's a unhealthy obsession with black cock uh, <laughs> that I didn't never thought about. I'm like, ah, I knew it was a thing, but you don't realize how much of a thing it is. So if it's not a pedophile and it's a guy with a regular eight inch cock or a three inch cock, they're going to talk about black guys, not black women. I mean, that's why I never play black women characters. It's just, it's too much drama around it. I'm not trying to deal with it. Um, what type of drama a lot of them will be like, all right. Well, as far as ethics go, um, for some companies, you will be paid a higher rate to play a black character, but you have to earn that right. So one of the, I want to say it was like the second or third company that I worked for, where it was a huge issue with this lady because she hated anything about my voice that even hinted that I was black. So she just, uh, you know, they're not into the black girls on this hotline. So, you know, you need to come up with a new character. And, you know, you need to take the ghetto out of your voice and this and that. And I was like, well, you're paying other white women to play black characters. And they're getting paid at a higher rate to be called, you know, nigga this or that. You know, they're, they're getting oh. called that with no, uh, there's nothing to it. You know, they might be offended by it, but they're not offended like an actual black woman would be. But they're getting paid more money to accept that abuse that doesn't really pertain to them. Right. thought that was weird. And so I had, that, I had that going on with that company. It was this issue that kept coming up, kept coming up. And I was like, whatever, I'm making decent money. I can log in here. all. I can be in there log 24-7 and make a great paycheck. But it was biweekly. So. And there was one time that something happened with my phone. It was like some technical difficulty where I missed a call. So... The manager, she called me. She's like, everything's okay. I'm going to be honest. I was, I was very blazed. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, it changes your perception of things. You're more sensitive to things. And, uh, and I was very blazed. And I was sitting here, and she called me. 
and she said, okay, now I've called you. And she sounded like a white woman who had been smoking cigarettes since she was five. I, it was a very raspy, guttural, <laughs> you know, type voice. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like everything's okay now, but one thing that's still wrong. Well, like, well, well, what's that? You still sound like a black girl. You're still too black. Oh, wow. And I mean, that was like one of those moments where I was like, but bitch, I am black. What, I mean, you know, I was like, I'm a black Native American woman. You know, you have to get over it. You know, like that's right. What are you supposed you know, to do? Right. So they shut li- up about it and give me the higher rate. So they listen in on your calls while you while you're doing them. Um, there there are some companies that listen in on the calls, but most of the time they they only listen to certain calls. So if this is like, oh, this is a problematic guy. You know, they listen in on him and they listen in on every, you know, every once in a while they might listen in just to make sure that you're not being abused or that you're not giving out personal information. But most of the time, I don't think they listen in. To me, it was like she had a personal vendetta. It was like she, she always had an issue with it. And the girls were catty. You know, we used, uh, since you're talking about newspaper, we did use AIM. We, <laughs> we used AOL Instant Messenger. And that was how what? we kept track of our minutes wow. and our time. And I would, uh, you know, I would go on there and I would track my time. And even the minute error of like being one minute off from from what was the call, and they would gossip through AOL about me. They'd be like, "Ah, another black chick, she's fucking up again." <laughs> and I'm like, "Look, I need to These find a company where I don't have to communicate." <laughs> I was like, "I can't deal with it. It's just like I want to. I just I want to log into work, make these guys come and go to sleep. Y'all are making it this whole other separate issue that's uncalled for. You're just fifty year old bitter women that are mad because one of us actually looks like what we say we look like. You know." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that didn't last long. I ended up quitting that company. I was like, no, it's too much drama. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, you, and you form. My favorite clients don't talk about sex at all. Uh, you do get the ones that last the longer, or sometimes they're older men that are lonely, or I don't know. Like you just have to uh, you have to gauge it. So sometimes I'll hi, I'm Janet. I put the sexy voice on and. The guy's like, yeah, I don't like that shit. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I just want to have a normal conversation. So then you have to like switch lanes and talk about, you know, what they want to talk about. So I have a guy and I love him. He's a regular. And uh, the first time that he called me, all he did was complain, yell. And he had like a, his accent was more like a, if you blended a Canadian and a Boston accent, I don't know how the hell it happened, but <laughs> that's what it sounded like. And you know, he would call and he would complain. He's like, oh, these girls are all fake bitches. And I was like, oh, God, this guy. Now he's one of my favorite callers because all he does is we talk about music. We talk about this and that. He still has no clue what I look like at all. You know, and then I have another guy that's very similar. Like, you know, he is sexual, but he'll last like three hours. Um, and like, I've talked to him and he's been a regular for me. And then there's moments where you're like, oh, there's, Still, you know, you have to realize, oh, they don't like me. They like everything about me, but they would not like me if I were, if they knew what color I was. So I was having a conversation with three hours long and he starts going on about black dick because most of the guys are bi. God, yeah, it's just nothing like black dick. And I go to these places and, you know, you can, it's like a, a theater that you can go to and guys can come in the room and 
women can come in the room. Whatever you want can happen. And he's like, but the only thing is, like, black guys, they have the most beautiful cars, but only one in a thousand of them are attractive. And he said, and black women, you know, they're just ugly. And I was like, what? But you can't get in. You can't take it. Per- you have to just keep going with it. It's hard. You know, my character feel like, nigga, what? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's so many times where it just, (laughs) you let it drop. Like you, it's so hard. Like you, and that's what I'm saying. You know, a lot of women that ask me about, you know, Oh, what would it be like to be a phone sex worker? And I can tell, right. Like all I have to do is scroll three posts into their Facebook profile. And I know they couldn't do the job. I'm like, you can't do it. Can't do it. If you couldn't tolerate talking about young children or talking about sexualizing young, it's, it's rough. It's not an easy job. That's why it's not a job that you see advertised everywhere. It's, it's difficult. You have to be a little skeevy, you know, a little gross. You have to, sometimes you, you get out of work and your, t- your stomach is kind of in knots. You're like, I can't believe people exist like this, you know, but you're going to deal with it. You're going to deal with racists and old men saying that uh, this one guy called Asian, ki- uh, Asian dude an Oriental and then he was calling Native Americans red men and then he said something about how he liked watching his wife have sex with these beasts of men. Like he was referring to ethnic people as uh, beasts or like they were beneath humanity. And it was like, woof, rough. And I had to, pr- you know, the mute button is, 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 is so crucial. Right. <laughs> Press me, I'm like, motherfucker. What are you talking about fucking, <laughs> motherfucker, you get stomped out if you said this to any of the dudes that your wife is fucking. She probably prefers over you. <laughs> right. mm. and you i'm so never surprised say that to anybody i'm just surprised that you don't get paid more because it is a hard job and a lot of the sex industry professions well i guess maybe think more like video you know they tend to make more you know than your average mm-hmm. day job yeah. so i'm surprised that you don't make more money because that you're right you have to have thick skin um, nerves of steel you know and have to overlook a whole lot of things you know and Mm -hmm. that's not easy to do so you know you should be making hand over fist money right now seriously oh I I definitely agree and uh, what a lot of these companies do and and as I said I love working phone sex I love that the one thing I don't like is the companies themselves and I feel like you know, a lot of them will hold back information from us about how the process works. I still have no clue how the company works uh, that I'm working for now. All I know is that I can call support and they can fix a couple of issues, but they don't even know what's going on. All they do is route calls. They don't know how to pay works. They don't know how the, any of that works. And, you know, I'll talk to guys and one of the regulars that I love and he's like, Oh, I'll call you all night long. I'll call you five hours long. We'll just talk for five hours. And he'll say how much money he dropped. He'll say, I paid $500 for this. And I'm like, I'm not getting $500. You know? And it's like, well, how much are they charging for this? Because I'll hear guys complain like, Oh, you know, can I just pay you via PayPal or can I do this and that? Because this service is costing me so much money. And I don't always even get routed to the women I like talking to and, you know, they don't really seem so concerned about customer service. It's really us doing all the work. Hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, well, that that is kind of unfair from the customer viewpoint that, you know, you don't have any control over who you contact. You can type in a number for this girl you want to talk to. 
and she maybe isn't logged in and they just route you to another caller, but they could have just said, oh, this person is offline. But you never know that. You could just think, oh, that girl just denied your call or they just don't want you talking to that girl or, you know, it, and it's not fair. Like, you wouldn't go to a restaurant and ask for a steak and be happy if somebody brought you out a chicken and it, like, didn't give you any explanation why. Right. Like, yeah, well, right. here's chicken. You know, you can have that. That's what, she, that's what you get because that's what I picked for you. Like, that's mm-hmm. not, <laughs> nobody would be happy with that. Now, if they said, oh, we ran out of steak, you still would want an option about what the other dish would be that you would pick. Maybe you don't like chicken. Yeah. You know? And so that's something I noticed that goes on that's kind of like a little irrational. And I'm like, I feel like the greed is real because it's like, if they're really paying this much money, the company is finding reasons not to pay us. And one of those is that, like, as I was telling you before, you work as you will and but you have requirements. So they would tell you, oh, you need to make at least 40 calls if you want to build regulars. But in order to get above the, Mac, the, the I guess, the, the base rate, the base rate for the average worker at this company is 15 cents a minute. That's really not a lot. Okay? And they advertise that you can make $25 an hour. So it's like, ah, oh, well, 15 cents a minute doesn't translate to $25 an hour. So then you can be working and working and working and working. And it's like, oh, well, if you get um, your percentage of calls, like, so they, they rate how many calls you take. So if you get 50, you're in the clear. But then they also take into account your efficiency rating. So that's based on how many guys hang up before a minute is up. So if a guy calls you and, like, he's out of time, say, like, he, he ran out of money and it's like, oh, your time is up, baby. That takes your efficiency rating oddly up. So you, you, you don't want your efficiency rating needs to be 25% or lower. So if guys are calling in, they're not happy with you, they hang up, takes your efficiency rating back up to the top. There's another thing you're scored on. And then on top of that, you have your minutes. Those are three categories. So it's like if you get a certain amount of minutes, and you calculate what your paycheck is going to be based off of the requirements that you've made. So you're like, oh, I could be here. Oh, I was at 1.15. Now I'm at 0.18. Now I'm at 0.20. Now I'm at 0.25. Now I'm at 0.35. And now I'm at 0.4. And everybody wants to make 0.4, but that can be kind of unrealistic if you're new and you're not getting that many calls. Like if you're not making 50 calls a week or you get a whole bunch of hangup calls because you're new, even if you have everything but that 50 calls, say you have a high efficiency rating of 12, which is excellent, and you have, say, 400 minutes, but you only have 43 calls, seven off from the requirement, then you're back at that 0.15 rate. So that's, that's what's difficult about it. So the guys could be thinking they're paying you directly for your work. Mm-hmm. Kitty, if you don't leave me alone... <laughs> but if you if you think you're working for you know they think you're working for that direct amount that they're paying and i get that they know that there's a percentage of it that we get but the percentage we get is not even based off of how we work or how good of a, a person you are at um making guys come now it's about this whole other system that's irrelevant it's like just pay everybody 40 cents a minute it doesn't make any sense to be like or pay everybody medium you know pay everyone you know, make the base rate 20 cents a minute or 25 mm-hmm. cents a minute, but to make it like this, oh, you got, it's a contest every single week. It's a little convoluted. You know, it, it just seems like a way to skip 
skim off of the top of what you really deserve to be making. Yeah, sounds that way. Truly. Yeah, it's, it's a lot that goes into this. I had no clue how intricate this whole setup was. Um, I mean, not to mention that I didn't know it was still that prevalent. Um, so I know, I know you were saying a lot of the companies you've worked for, they've had their own little hiccups and hangups. Have you ever thought about doing it on your own? Is there a way that you could do it on your own without having, I guess, the middleman? Well, I did have, um, I had this as an idea because there was a company that I was um, working for. There's a, there's a lot of companies that actually are like that. You work through places like, uh, I can't think of the name of the place, but there, there is a website that's not your employer, but that you can work through. So they're like the middleman. And then somebody else can be like, oh, I have a phone sex company and you set your rate of pay there and you work through there. I think it's like Night Flirt. Night Flirt, I think is what it's called. And so I had got out of a situation with one of the companies and like, because I was not warned about the firing, which was, I think it was phone starts right after phone starts. I'm like, Oh shit. But the convenient thing is like, Oh, I know I can get another phone sex job. I've already worked like half of the company. So I, <laughs> I know I can just get another one, whatever. So I went and I went online and I looked for this company and uh, they emailed me and they're like, Oh, you know, this is what we want. And we actually want you to have a stake in the company. So if you hire your friends, you hire this person, you hire that, you get a larger percentage. But the thing about that is like night flirt and places like that, that make it easy to do stuff like that. They don't do background checks. They don't know about like what business license somebody can have. So I got completely conned. When I tell you I made like, I want to say $600 with this company and never saw a penny of it because the woman that hired me claimed one of her assistants um, and her, they both had like a shared, like they were shared business partners. So she got like 50%, but she had access to all the data. And so she went and took all of our paychecks. So we did all this work and none of us got paid. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm going to get paid. So she's like, oh yeah, well, we'll find a way to get that money. And slowly and slowly and slowly, I started to realize I'm not going to get this money. There's no lawsuit that can happen because it's a, it's a, you're independent contractors. It's very difficult to, to, to form a lawsuit against that sort of thing. And then the oh, company shit. itself, the night flirt place blocked me as if I had something to do with the, the fiasco. So anything other than that, where you want to have your own company is it would be very expensive and tedious. Like it would be, well, you have to be able to provide the landline. You have to be able to provide the toll-free numbers that every woman has. You have to be in charge of bankroll. You have to make sure that, you know, all your calls from Canada, like they get transferred. You have to think about time. It's so much difficult to run a company like that and have it be ethical and realize what percentage. And I feel like getting off the ground running, like it would be very hard because most of these phone sex companies have been in business since the 70s or 80s. So I'd be coming into a new and it's like, ah, what would I bring to the table that would be different? And, you know, the girls would have to be a certain caliber of responsible, like, you know, not working two hours a week because then I wouldn't have the money to pay for the cost to even hold the business up. So, like, I had thought about that, though. I thought, like, oh, I, I think I'd be great at running a company like this. But I tried it and it's like it's very hard to get people on board. Well, what about just for yourself? I mean, not necessarily having a... Um a team or a stable of of workers or operators, but just for yourself. I mean, maybe setting up like 
um, a, a separate phone number that you know a lot of your regulars can have, and then that way they can pay you directly, and you don't have that middleman, and then you can get more of the profits. They can get. It's just, it seems like it would be a win-win, you know, once you've built up a stable um, clientele. Well, I um, that last company I was working for that had some racist sort of underlying thing. They, you know, they have this rule that you can't give out any personal information and this and that. But I chanced it, and I had a guy that called, and he was like, ah, you know, I even the other company apparently he was being overcharged and. He only liked me, so it's like, why is he paying all this money just for me? And I'm not getting the majority of it. So he made a deal with me that he would pay me $200 a month, which it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it is if you, you factor in how much I was already making. So it's an extra 200 that I didn't have. And I would call him, and as long as I called him like twice a week, then I would get that check. And it was like under a fake name, so I had to, of course, go to like these shifty checks cash type places and um that was working out pretty well but it was a lot of work because once you start doing stuff like that then it's like now you're specialized for him and he was a, a slave and a panty wearer and all that and it's like so I'd spend hours you know on the website planning out oh what am I going to say to him and what panties am I going to make him look at and this and that it was a lot of work to like balance with the phone sex hotline but there have been other people that like know me personally off of social media who are like, I don't put them on blast or anything, but they know my PayPal and they will just send me money to my PayPal and then we'll talk for hours at whatever set rate. So I'll say, oh, 25 an hour. And they pay me that 25 for an hour if it's two fifty, And that seems to work a little bit, but then it's like this personal aspect that can be kind of, you know, like, but, um, I have thought about like, you know, oh, wait, I should take that risk. There's a guy that's like, oh, I, just, I would love to pay you personally to do this. But it's like they almost never want to just keep it at phone sex. Like they always want to end up meeting up at some point. They always want to mm. take it further. And I'm like, well, mm. I'm not who I said I was. So, you know, you have Got this you. promise lingering over me that I'm going to meet you. And I'm lying to you and saying I will, knowing I never will. And it falls off. And then they stop calling. And, you know, so... It can be kind of hard, but I could see doing it. I wouldn't mind doing it, but I don't know at this point if I'd have quite the clientele if I didn't use the people I'm working with. And that's just such a risk with the chance that they might call, like, be listening in on this particular call and hear me giving out this information and then boom, I'm fired. And now I got to start all over, you know? Right. So. Gotcha. Okay. Makes maybe sense. with time. Maybe with time. Hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's interesting work because um, what you do, I mean, you're really, you're working with people and you're, you're, you're having to make sure, um, it's almost like you're doing therapy. Like, you know, like you said, you were, you had a, a regular and a lot of times they're talking, they're talking two or three hours and you're not just, you know, talking about explicit content. You're, you're getting to know them or things of that nature. So it's kind of cool, I mean, to me that that's what you do. It's really more like therapy. And I I keep trying to tell people, um, you know, we have to do a better job of recognizing our sex workers and making sure we we protect them and and look out for them because they do a great deal for society. 
Um, They help out so much. And so it's kind of cool to me how, like, you know, you're into, I mean, this is your job, but then you're also, you know, coaching and and being a therapist at the same time. You may not be licensed, but that's what you're pretty much doing. Right. Right, and that's what I've learned. I feel like, you know, I have heard at this point, like, as much as, like, anybody, you know, that's my age that is a therapist has heard it. It's just, like, all day, every day. I've had people cry. I've, you know, and it is a lot of therapy, and I've had a lot of judgment about, like, the whole pedophilia aspect of it. And the way I view it is that these guys don't have any outlet. And I feel like, you know, it's one of those controversial topics that I just never even touch because, you know, people have it in their mind that, that there's just one way and they don't want to let it go. And it's like, you can't say anything on the topic without looking like you're supportive of pedophilia. And I'm like, I'm not supportive in any way of mm-hmm. uh, anyone underage being harmed or like somebody innocent being harmed. But you have to realize that these people have this problem. They have this problem. They have no outlet. What is a person who is a sociopath with the thirst to kill going to do if nobody's going to listen to them and try to help them. And they can't even go out into society and ever say they have those feelings or they have that emotion without being condemned as if they'd already done it, you know? And right. The stigma. Motherfucking the stigma, stigma is so bad. And I have had guys that like, they will literally call me, talk about their fetishes or fantasies about their moms or their daughters or what, and there's six fantasies. They get off on it and then they cry. And it's like, you know that they feel guilt about it. And you know that it's like they don't want to have that feeling. But they, it's like, at least he's calling me as opposed to doing it to the girl. And I know he's not doing it to the girl because who's going to call me and talk about it if he was doing it to me? Who's going to pay that kind of money to talk about a fantasy that they're, not, that they're doing when right. he could do it for free? Right. So it's like he is taking a step somehow to try and not harm other individuals. And that's why jobs like this are crucial. As much as anyone wants to say, oh, I, you know, well, if you do that, then maybe it makes him feel like it's okay. I'm like, no, I don't think that. It's not my responsibility to make him feel like it's okay or not okay. Like, he is responsible for his own actions and his own thoughts. And to say that, oh, because I feel like uh, racism is okay or society feels like racism is okay, it's your decision whether you want to be on par with that. Like, whether or not your family says, you know, all black people are this way, it doesn't matter. You have to go out and meet individuals and figure out for yourself. And that's how I feel like this is, you know, like I don't never have I said, Oh, it's okay to touch a child or anything like that. I just pretend to be a child in the role play or I'll go on well, with their fantasy. And, you know, and, and here's the thing. And, and here's the thing I want people to understand, you know, fantasies are fantasies. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's exactly what's happening. And you can role play and, it still be okay. You know, you have people who have fetishes. You have people who do, um, who have um, DDL, um, DDLG kinks, um, Dom Daddy Little Girl kinks, where you have grown mm-hmm. women who, you know, play like their um, little kids and they still color and they suck on passies and eat out of um, kid mm-hmm. um, plates. They're not underage, but they're still that's 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 their kink, that's their fantasy. So it doesn't always have to be where it is some um you know horrible, you know, terrible thing where we need to stigmatize and shame somebody from. 
But you do have people who enjoy these things. And it's okay that they enjoy these things because they're enjoying it with consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Not not exactly, age, but, but consenting adults. And that's the thing that people have to understand. Um, you know, if you talk to somebody and, you know, you have, like, there's women who have rape fantasies. That's not mean, that does not mean that any woman who has a rape fantasy wants to be raped. That's right. not what they're saying. That's right. not what they're they're wanting from, you know, these men out here who may be listening. What they're saying is they have a fantasy about it. There's something in it that they know it's a little taboo, so it's, it sounds a little, it's, it's sexy to them. But they that's only all it want is. To, it's that's just it. nothing but taboo. Exactly. But that, that doesn't mean they want to be met by some strange man and raped. No. So, you know, it's the same thing, man, when you're talking about what you do um, and these people who are calling in with these fantasies. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's what's going on. I mean, you have plenty of, like, um, categories on um, these tube sites and Pornhub and whatnot with um, incest porn and or, you know, granny porn or whatever. And it doesn't... I mean, I've watched some of them. <laughs> exactly. And I know, and stuff, it's interesting to me because you get guys that request you to watch it with them. And I'm like, okay, well, well... It's See? what it is. Ain't nothing wrong with no grannies. But, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Grannies sit down, too. Right. And that's the thing, man. Like, you know, we have to get to the point where we stop shaming people and allow people to be who they are. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to live, and we keep wanting the people to fit into this little pretty box. Man, fuck that box, man. <laughs> it's bullshit, though, because what I've learned is that, you know, working companies like this, and as often as I get called, to me, it's almost a reflection of society. And I'm like, all these people who are shaming and, and judging all these other people are most likely the same individuals that have these fantasies. And it's like, you're angry about somebody having the audacity to be comfortable with themselves and open about it and find something to do about it while you're trying to uphold this image of chastity and right. purity and that, oh, this is so bad. You're getting down with your husband or boyfriend or whoever just as freaky as all these other people. Like, stop. And maybe if you... Maybe you're not, and maybe you wish you could, and you're angry at these people because they are able to express themselves, and you want to be a part of that pack mentality that, you know, judges and critiques those people, and it's like, you're just like them. You're no different. Everybody has dark fantasies and dark thoughts. Everybody has their own thing. You know, let people live. That's what it boils down to. Let everybody live, and we'll be a happier place. You know? Definitely, it would definitely be a happier place, and you know, it's like, and we, we have to like. I feel like you know, we a lot of people, you know, they want to help things like that. You know, guys that do legitimately want to rape or legitimately are pedophiles or whatever, and it's like, do you want to help the problem in society, or do you want to just keep ridiculing it as it gets no better? That's what I feel like. You know, in, in order to fix the problem, you have to first address it. And you have to allow people and individuals who are going through it personally to explain their insights if you want to understand how to even fix the problem. And it's like, you know, that I feel like that's a big thing going on. Now we have the whole, like, pedophilia scare about, like, that being part of the LGBTQ community, asexual community. Oh, yeah, community. that's some bull. That, yeah, I saw them try to lump that into um, the LGBT community. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, no, stop it. Um, <laughs> like, right. no, that's, that's not, um, that's not what we're, we're not going to do that. 
But again, like no. you said, they they do need to be able to talk about it. They do need to be able to to be honest um, and not be shamed. Doesn't necessarily mean you need to allow it to happen. But it's just like, I mean, the way I look at it, it's just like an alcoholic. You know, they need to talk about, hey, I have a problem, and you know, and seek help, and they're seeking help. And we shouldn't, oh, you're a terrible person because you're seeking help. No, you've admitted you have a problem and you're trying to do something about it. Why am I going to beat you down because of that? So I get what you're saying. Um, and I feel like people are, are particularly men. Like, no, not not you or, you know, but the, I have no, no, noticed no, this thing no where problem, like. No problem. <laughs> I don't, there's I don't there's this extremism to it. It's like, okay, so. You know, I'll talk to a lot of guys, and they'll be like, ah, oh, that's too young. I would never have sex with a seven-year-old. I do have guys who are like, I want a three-year-old or a seven-year-old. That's gross. But then I also have guys who are like, I like 15, 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds. And, oh, in biblical times. Or, oh, like, these women have grown pubic hair, and they have this and that. So it's like, what is, they'll, they'll argue this, like, what is societally an adult is not necessarily what physically or genetically as an adult and it's like interesting because I am very empathetic and I like listening to all sides and in no way am I you know condoning pedophilia but it just seems like I know a lot of guys who fantasize about 15 or 16 year old girls especially like girls nowadays and the way that you know everybody's growing up so fast and you know everyone looks like an Instagram model and you can't really tell this 16 year old from a 21 year old and you can't really and it's all this like gray area in between it and I'm like well, do you yourself, because you're attracted to a 16 or 17-year-old, feel like you have to be even louder about pedophilia because you yourself are ashamed of the fact that you're attracted to that? You know, and it's like, it's not that uncommon. Now, let me ask you a question, because I know you said um, you do have a significant other. Did you have this, uh, were you dating him before you started working in the industry, or did you meet him after you started how did that happen? After. After. So what was his um, response like when you told him, hey, this is my job? How did that go? Well, he thinks it's funny because, like, <laughs> oddly enough, I am, I'm asexual. I would, I would identify as asexual. I'm, a, I'm the individual who I could live the rest of my life without having sex. Okay? <laughs> and <laughs> he knows that. And he's, he's much older than me. He's 44. And he's the opposite. He is a nympho. I mean, every time we go out somewhere, we're both talking about butts. I love butts. I love. Oh. I love the human body. So hold on. But it's so like y'all it's, basically it's on the, the, to me. the polar opposites of the spectrum. Yes. That oh, is yes. pretty. That is pretty cool. It is. But it works because we yeah. compromise, you know. So like, I'm not. I'm very into you know polyamory. So I would never tell him, knowing how I am, that he could never have sex with another woman. In fact, it's fascinating to me the thought of him having sex with another woman and he's so the same on, way with on. me if i randomly one day i'm like i want to have sex with another man he wouldn't be upset you know so <laughs> all right so this is this this is even more interesting so you're asexual and he's he has an extremely high drive and you both practice polyamory yep wow that is pretty cool mm-hmm, so that's <laughs> that's how I met him I met him because uh he was my delivery driver and he 
looked at me and looked for and I guess he assumed that I smoked weed. <laughs> and that's what Do you have that look? Is that started. what it is? <laughs> I have that look and I definitely had that look at that time when he because I had like neon green hair and I just you know and I was like, No, it's creepy and I was with another guy that was like kind of like he tried to be domestically abusive, but I'm not the one. <laughs> and <laughs> I was with him at the time and it's like he come along and I'm like, who's this creepy old dude? Like, that was my first instinct was like, who is this creepy white dude? <laughs> and it's like, you know, months went on, months went on. And then he texted me again and I'm like, okay, what is this? So he's like, I want to hang out. I want to do this and that. And I hung out with him and he didn't try anything sexual with me. I met his girlfriend. He had a girlfriend at the time. They had a kid together and they both were looking at me being a sexual counterpart, you know, they were like, yeah, let's do a threesome. And I was like, I'm not really looking to be penetrated or had nothing on me, but I'll sit here and watch. And he's like, well, that's just a cop. So him and his right. girlfriend at the time came over where I'm at. They had sex. And I did some magic. Where... <laughs> no, I, I did some magic. That. It's a little weird. Because <laughs> I do, I'm, I'm very spiritual and eclectic and different and out there. So I was dancing and doing all this other stuff that oh, most people were like, what in the so fuck is said, going on here? Okay. Because you said I did some magic. I thought it was a euphemism. I thought you was just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. I started licking pussy. I <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, they tried it or whatever. I think I may have put a finger in or something. But I mean, it was it never got to like where I was really involved in the act like they were. And it was just like it seemed so bland. I mean, she was a like a full figured black woman, and he's like a you know white dude. He's smaller, but he has like a good figure. You know, he's toned and all that. Right. But it just looked so like. Not like how you know what he described. I'm like, where's the passion? Where's the spice? What is going on here? I'm like, I felt like they were just you know doing position after position, but there was nothing to it. It was nothing hot to it. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So then he calls me, maybe like three days later. He's like, I lied about everything. I was like, what do you mean you lied? He's like, me and her were on the verge of a breakup, and we thought you were going to be like the the secret potion that oh, would make it no. work out. We we're trying to spice it up and. We actually have been falling apart for months and she's trying to get the kid and and, and all this other drama. Oh, and I'm like, ah, sucks. Lord. And it's a lot of drama that happened after that before like we actually decided to be together. And then during that time is when he knew what I did. Like he, he knew as I was getting to know him, oh, I'm a phone sex worker. And he thought it was hilarious. And now even when he introduces me to his friends, it's still like, yeah, my girl's a phone sex worker. If I go to his job, yeah, my girl's a phone sex worker. It's like, okay. <laughs> okay. And then everyone's like, ah, that's a job? Who does that anymore? Right. What okay. else do you do? It's like, you know. Right. So, I mean, are they, are they kind of dismissive or are they in, like, awe and shock? Or, like, <laughs> what is the reaction you normally get? Well, because most of his friends are guys. So he'll tell a guy, and I'll think that's the end of it. And then I end up going to my inbox, and it's like, 20 messages from their girlfriends or wives. How did you get into this job? What, what do I need to do? What, <laughs> do I got the food to do this? this, this I'm like, yeah, okay, first off, it's not for everybody. Like, you know, and, and I don't want to be like, oh, I don't do it. Try it and try it and see if you like it. But I have to warn people right off the bat, it's not this sexy thing. Most of the time I'm doing laundry or I'm in here doing something. Nobody is in here touching themselves, okay? You gotta get creative, okay? I've, there's times I've had some hair gel 
And they're like, I want to hear that pussy. So I'll take the hair gel, I'll take it, put it between my hands, and I'll clap it together. Oh, okay. you're giving out too many secrets. <laughs> you're giving out too many secrets. <laughs> Listen, you got to be creative, okay? Sometimes it's a little weird. You get a guy that he calls, he wants to listen to your pee. You know, I had one, okay, one of the worst calls I ever had that was like <laughs> torture because I always felt before this that poop calls were going to be my nemesis. I was like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to smell it. I, I don't want nothing to do with it. Now it's like a relief to get a poop call because it's just so much easier than like pretending <laughs> to be four. But I did have one guy that he talked to me for three hours about his obsession with feces since the 70s and how he was like, oh, I had a friend and she was in the bathroom and I took a step inside and I got hard and I didn't know what happened. I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Here we go. And he started chronicling the weird, creepy stuff he's done. He has, when I tell you, he had like hundreds of audio files of his different friends pooping that he had recorded while they were in the bathroom. And I, the whole call was just him taking dumps. I had to listen to him live and then him playing. He's like, oh, that was a good one. He had like a journal of it where he was telling me what he had eaten that day, what it looked like. Oh my God. I was like, ooh. Boy, if you could be like anything else in the world, like you could be a scientist with the amount of time and effort that you put into collecting data and files and evidence about what you, your feces, bro. Yeah, like, that, dude, you need help, man. No, he doesn't need help. That's his thing. He's into scat play. That's a that's Okay. A oh, well, okay. But listen, okay. He gave his friend, a, he said that he had took a turd of his own, sprayed it with acrylic and gave it to a friend as a gift. That's a problem, bro. Oh, Look, no, okay. No, listen, what would you do listen. if somebody sent you a piece of poo as a gift, man? Listen. What would you do? No. Well, no. first and foremost, if I, no. I would, if I knew this guy and he was a friend of mine, then I probably already knew that, and so it wouldn't be a shock. <laughs> you and would be shocked. His wife different. doesn't even know. I'm a little. Different. I would be shocked. I'm a little. We would different. have a problem. His wife does not even know. Listen, he was sitting here whispering. He's like, "My wife is coming upstairs. How does she not know?" That he has all these files. Like, he has files of her pooping, but he was hiding. He's like, oh, I got to do this at a certain hour of the night because I'm a DJ. And I'm like, when he said he was a DJ, I was like, I wonder if he ever puts, like, fart tracks into, <laughs> into the song. <laughs> but, yeah, he was saying that, you know, it was it was a secret and that, like, only his college friends knew about it. His wife didn't know about it. And I'm like, well, I think maybe she might need to know. I don't, I mean. But she definitely like, needs to know. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, just like how, you know, our natural reactions, but oh my God, you know, what? What are you doing? That's why a lot of times, you know, people in their fetishes and their kinks, they they hide it. And especially they'll hide it with their significant other. Like you get married and have all these deep, dark secrets and fantasies that you don't want to tell your, your significant other. And then it it creates this huge void and rift because you can't really truly be transparent in who you are. So yeah, nah, you know, support that dude. You know, I'm uh, glad he's no, able to get. No, I'm totally supportive. It's, it's but, I mean, not, it was it was a funny phone call. <laughs> it's definitely not for me. But it did make my stomach turn. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, all right, you, you can like what you like. Okay, yeah, exactly. that's fine. Right. I just personally like the appeal of like anything like that. I I would rather somebody bleed on me than poop on me. I mean, I feel like if somebody pooped on me, I would instantly puke. Can I? And, can I just you know, you can, not get either? I can I? I just want, I don't want any. But. Yeah, <laughs> I, with D, none of the above. Right. Let me choose. And that's okay, D. you know. That and if you like it, that's fine, you know. And it, it, but then, 
you know, it's like you get the behemoth of calls and what I call a behemoth. And I've told my boyfriend it's a behemoth of calls. It's where it has every category as pedophilia, as incest, bestiality. And I had thought that I had the behemoth of calls where we had all that. Then I met a guy that topped that by adding necrophilia to that. So we had necrophilia, oh, wow. pedophilia, bestiality, wow. cats, incest, all of that involved. And then made me snuff his girlfriend out and kill her with <laughs> my pussy. Call. And then he had sex with her while she was dead. It was like, wow. whoa, all in one call. Wow. Wow. I felt like it was like a quiz. Like if you were, like if say they were like an interview for a job, <laughs> right. they would give you that call. This is the call to test if you really can be okay. sensei. Yeah. At the end of this you call, this you mastered it. <laughs> <laughs> but most people wouldn't. I know most really of my friends would hang up serious. after the first First time somebody calls a gay person the F word or you know, anything like that, you know, I know they would hang up. Yeah, this is not know, or, or give a give a speech, you know. I'm like, they don't want to hear your speech about this. That's wrong that you would use that term. Can you be more politically correct? I have listened to Trump supporters. I have listened to everybody. Flat earth conspiracy people. I'm like, I just have to put, I have to agree. Like, I have to act like I agree. Oh, yeah, Trump, Trump is just the best. I mean, he's He's doing it for our people, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I just love Donald Trump, and I love his whole cabinet, and I, you know, I'm 18, and somehow I love him. It's, it's interesting, you know. I think, I think it's a fun job. I think, you know, every time you work it, you have to realize it's work, though. It's not like every day I'm like, ooh, it's a, what an easy job. I can just log in. No, a lot of times it's like, ah, who am I going to get tonight? Please don't let it be that. And, and even worse is when you're like, you know, I don't know, it's like you're divided on the fact that, you know, oh, I know this guy's going to call me and talk to me for four hours and you should be happy about it, but you're not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you it were making be. more, you would probably be happier. Yeah, we got to figure out how to get you more money. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, we definitely you know, and that's that. why I do all these other little side yeah. hustles. You know, I do massage and all that. And, you know, it hasn't been an issue for me because, like, at this point, I don't really pay, I don't pay rent or anything. So, like, that's it. all the money is just kind of, like, building on itself. Like, that's just kind of how I see it. And it's really just a means for me to pr- pursue my career. But even if I had a career, like I said, I would still do it. But it's just, like, you know, I know that I could not. I think the most I could probably make in a week at this job would be 600 and I think that's if I logged in like I did at my other job like 24-7 but then I would have no life so my goal is to be making like 500 a week but right now it's like it's it's popping out at 300 and that's me working four days I believe is it four days yes yes I'm working four days and I'm making 300 which really isn't the worst to me because I've worked jobs in like nine to five jobs where I made less like you know which is kind of sad Two weeks, I'd make like, I think four fifty at a gas station job I worked before all this, and then I worked at a nonprofit where I made twelve dollars an hour. But like, the cost of traveling and all that because yeah, it was in DC, so I had to pay for that. Twelve, yeah, wasn't really making that much. I don't get any taxes taken out of it, so I mean, it, it's convenient in some ways, and others, not so much. I do definitely think that phone sex workers should pay, you know, be paid a lot more. Um, but it really depends on the rate. You know, other companies are different. You might get a company where you make a dollar a minute, you know, but 
it's just like those companies where you, where they're a dollar a minute, they're charging even more. So then you have to factor in that they may not have as much clientele and, you know, so it's, it's weighing the pros and cons. I'd rather make 40 cents a minute with a busy company like I am now than work for a company that you might get three calls a day and make a dollar a minute. You know, that's the balance. Or both. I've done two phone sex jobs at the same time. That was pretty nice. So, Sid, so, have you ever thought about doing video? I tried it. I tried doing a webcam for all of a day and realized it just wasn't for me. It was... <laughs> It's like at this point, I'm so used to just making money without having to do like show my body or do all the work. It's a whole different ball game. And I remember like I was on for like two hours and I was just dancing, wearing I was topless and I was wearing a song. And all the guys did was, um, let's see more, let's see more. I'm like, well, come to the private chat and they'd leave. So it's like I was new and like none of the guys had money. So it's like, what are these girls even doing? And you know, it just seems like it's a lot of work. You have to do a lot. You have to. You have to promote yourself on Instagram. You have to promote this and that. And it's like, eh, you don't really want that though. Like, it's fun to be known as a phone sex worker because, you know, you have your hand in the sex work, but everyone hasn't seen you naked, you know? <laughs> you know? And it's like, all oh, my friends would want that. They'd be like, ah, it's sad. I've had people like, ah, will you webcam for me? Will you do this and that? I'm like, well, no, because part of my intrigue is the mystery. Like, you know, I don't want everybody to know what I look You guys know what I look like naked, but most people don't. <laughs> they know what I look like half naked. Right. <laughs> they don't know what the whole show is. Like I'm not can't give away the whole show and then I'm a rock star and you know, if I become a big rock star or if I became like, you know, went back to school and got a PhD, like that would forever hang over my head whereas nobody would ever have to know I was a phone sex worker, you know. That's right, because once it's on video, it's perpetuity, honey. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is That's it. it. Yeah. I'm shocked nobody has pointed it out and been like, is this you? I'm like, no, it was one day. How did you find me one day? Like, <laughs> the video wasn't even an hour long. Like, how did you find me? <laughs> wasn't even my name. It was under like some rain or something. And you still found me. So, I, but yeah, I, I don't know. I ask... feel like. Uh... Go ahead. My bad. What's up? I was going to ask no, another question, it. but go ahead. I'm, I didn't. I didn't mean to. No, answer, the, ask me a question. All right, all answer right. the question. Answer the question. Here's what I'm thinking. So I know you said you was asexual, and I know I'm pretty sure there's a lot of our listeners who probably aren't really familiar with asexuality. Can you explain it? And how did you come about understanding that for yourself? All right. Well, as a lot of sex workers uh, are, uh, I was also like sexually abused. I mean, I've went through that in my life. And I mean, I feel like I've, I've formed kind of like a block and uh, that I was just like, I just don't see the novelty in this. You know, like, why is this thing between my legs such a, I don't know, such a necessity for others, like to a point where they take it from me or they would, you know, try and pressure me into doing it. What is it about it that's so great? You know, and like, I remember being in high school and I, I still classified myself as a virgin. I was like, well, I'm a virgin because I never chose to have sex. And it's like all these other teenagers around me and they were just itching to have sex and they judged me for not wanting to have sex. I just never wanted to. I had no desire. And I think it was like after I was out of high school and I was homeless and moved in with, uh, both of my sisters lived out in Charlotte. So I lived with, I would hop from house. Cause they crazy. Okay. Like one might be crazy this week. I switched to the other one. I switched back and forth. But 
I remember like one of my sisters, she had this scenario where she was like dating this guy. She'd been dating him for years, but like she was cheating on him the whole time. And I was like, uh, he knew he was cheat, you know, being cheated on, but he continued to like go back to her. And it was like, by the end of the time that I was together with him, she had her feet on one guy's lap and her head on the other. And I was like, what is she doing? Like this woman was kind of just the best sex in the world. And then my other sister, she was just a little fast, fast kind of like, you know, she just enjoyed to have sex. And I'm like, well, how come my two sisters are this way and I'm not? And she'd be like, oh, you got to get some dick in. You got to get it in. I'm like, well, I, I was like, well, maybe I'm just gay. I mean, I've always liked the company of women. Like I have eaten pussy and it's okay. You know, it's whatever. And, but it would be like days would pass where I would just have no desire. I would never desire it. I'd never think of it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to be my sister for a little while. So I just started having sex indefinitely. And it just was like never, I don't know. It was like no more sexual than clapping my hands. I feel like I could clean my ears and have an orgasm faster. I think. <laughs> wow. Honestly, like, it's just not a pleasant sensation to me. Like it's not like it's a bad sensation. It's just a eh, sensation. I don't, it's, so it's not like, you know, with my boyfriend, whatever, it's like maybe pulling teeth or something to have sex with me, but it's a compromise. Like I'll, uh, you know, I, I had, I've been married and I remember like I went months without having sex with him. And I thought one day, whoa, it's been two months since I had sex with this guy. I got to have sex with him. You know, and that's what wow. I mean. It's like, <laughs> it's not in the forefront of my mind. I'm not exactly. thinking about it. That doesn't mean I don't find people sexually attractive. It doesn't mean like, I don't look at a woman and say, oh, she's sexy. It's a nice right. ass. Or, oh, like this guy is sexy and like, you know, whatever. But it's just when the act of sex is happening, it's never what I expect it to be. There's no sensation there that would feel sexual to me weird it's weird it's not weird it's 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 you and and it's cool um that you came to that realization because there are a lot of people and and i'm glad you kind of mentioned that you're still you can still be attracted and you can still like um romance and things of that nature and not necessarily want to have sex and you know i think people need to understand that um because you know you can be asexual but still romantic you can still be attracted to you know the opposite sex or the same sex or you know transgender or whatever and still not really want to have sex so exactly it's intimacy too you know being Mm -hmm. intimate with someone is that closeness and exactly you know spending that quality time and just doing whatever it is that makes you comfortable in that moment without being sexual so i do have to ask so you do or do not experience orgasm i don't but but i will say this though okay i have one very amazing experience with sex and, and and like I said, it doesn't mean that, you know, and there's different levels of asexuality like that, and mm-hmm. people don't realize that, you know, you can, yep. same like, you know, people who are gay and lesbian or whatever, you might be like gay and you know, might be like 90% gay, but then you see this chick and you're like, oh, okay, this might be the exception or, you know, and it's different right. levels. Right. And it's like with my asexuality, it's not like I can't just like feel as though oh, I would want to have sex with that person. But then when it comes to actually having sex, it's nothing, it's not what I would want it to be. I wouldn't expect it to be. And people are like, well, that, maybe that just means you haven't had the right guy or, oh, you know, you just haven't bullshit. had it done right. You know, it isn't even that. It's, <laughs> it's just that in my mind, it's kind of like, okay, I would say this. It's like you have a taste and you, you know that you love 
Sprite. So then you go get this glass and you're just so sure it's Sprite and you drink it and it's water. And you're like, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be at all. That's kind of like what it is. It's like, oh, it's not unpleasant that it's water. It's just not what I not hoped what it I, was. Got you, know? you. Got you. That's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah, great analogy. So then I, you know, I've had a moment, though, when I'm not, you know, I'm not encouraging the use of drugs, people. But, I mean, I was on, like, psychedelics, and I, <laughs> that was, like, the most amazing, magical sex experience I've ever had. And so I've always said, like, maybe if I just stayed on psychedelics <laughs> and I was just psyched out all day, every day, I would be, like, the se- biggest sex scene in the world. Because it's, like, I don't know, it's indescribable. Like, it, you know, I can't even put into words, like, how different it was, like, the sensation. There's a lot of people like that, you know, where they prefer to be drunk or high before they would have sex or whatever. But, you know, I wasn't knowing what I was, I never had sex, you know, psyched out or anything. So the experience I got from that was like, whoa, this is like straight up magical. Is this what it feels like for everybody else? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. And I'm like, well, no, it doesn't. Cause everyone's not seeing trees. And, I, <laughs> you know, and you know, ever- but while you were talking, I was wondering that because, you know, going back to your past and being abused, that if it's, kind of somewhat attributed to a mental type of block and when you take those types of drugs it it totally removes those mental inhibitions that we we tend to put it put up ourselves some we know about and some we don't even realize that we've done so I was wondering if you think it could be maybe attributed to to that partially you know just the mental block there you know that maybe you don't even realize is attributing to it oh I definitely think there's you know that's part of it I think you know I've known that for I've known that like you know there are a lot of different things like PTSD and other stuff like besides even just sexual like other abuses I've endured and, and how that like changed my mentality and I've had, I went through like derealization depersonalization and all these different medications and stuff now at this point I'm on no medication if that doesn't work for somebody that's great but for me I'm just very anti that I'd much rather do stuff that comes out of the earth like that's why it was placed there and but I do definitely think yeah, there there are a lot of like mental barriers that people can have but I also think there are individuals who are just that way you know they're just naturally asexual I'm not really sure if I'm that I never really had the chance I guess to experience whether I would be this way without that or not right but I know that I have tried to lie here and just let my brain go and just let it be and it's like it still just feels like clapping my hands it doesn't but the yeah. emotional, that, which is why I would never have meaningless sex at this point in my life, because what would I get out of it? But with my boyfriend, there's this loving connection of being close, and that's why it's special to me, because that's our bonding time. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you're definitely right about blocks. And I think it's not even, uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a sexual abuse scenario. I think a lot of women have mental blocks where they don't orgasm because Society tells you that's wrong. You know, sex is not for you. That list goes on forever. Yes, I mean it's so many things attributed to mental blocks that women have. Yes, and society is a big part of it. But a lot, it could be familial. Oh my God, we—that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. (laughs) Because I mean, that's the thing that people have to realize: the the largest sexual organ in your body is your brain, and the most important sexual organ is your brain, and so. You know, with that can come, you know, greater experiences or lessened experiences based on how you're thinking. So, 
you know, like I said, we can definitely dive into that another show. But please believe that, you know, your mental state of being can can alter your sexual performance. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I think men even have mental block sexually. Absolutely. I think I've noticed. Men. Let and me, I'm not me, letting me go. You why are you quiet? What are you quiet? What are you playing? Quiet mouse? What are you doing? Like, why are you not making any noise? I don't exactly. want to look gay. Stop being concerned. Let me stick my tongue in your butt, boy. Like, it. <laughs> <laughs> I had one guy I dated, and this is a funny story, but like, he liked butt stuff. And it was like, I didn't care about it. No chick I know cares. I mean, I've hung out with chicks, and well, I, I mean, so. all of them at least tried to put their finger in a butt, you know? And it's like, oh, the boyfriend likes it. Okay. And they're excited about it. And well, I had this boyfriend, and he loved it. He loved when I put my finger in his butt. It was like, he came over one time. And like, I guess he was initiating sex with me. And he's like, can you, can, can you turn the light off? I was like, turn the light off for what? Why? Why would we turn the lights out for you? You like to do butt stuff. I'm like, so I know. Nobody else is in here. I know. I've seen your butthole. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> right. who, who, who are we turning the lights out for? Like, you don't want to look at me in the eye while I put my finger in your butt? No, I'm back no. here. <laughs> no, he doesn't. can't look at me anyway. Just don't look back. <laughs> <laughs> relax and just let it happen. It's like you sit here stressing about it. It's going to clench up. It won't be as fun. Like (laughs) This is true. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like men definitely have that, you know, men, you know, we might say for instance, it could be something like you just meet a new chick, you know, and then all of a sudden now you have performance anxiety. Performance anxiety. You know, because you're like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. You know, know, I've been fantasizing, I've been wanting it, and it's finally here. And now you just can't. You just like it, and then you're sitting here looking at looking at yourself like, why are you betraying me? Why are you letting me down? Come on, come on. You, you, not not right now. Right, having to give pep talks. You like, come on, dog. Come on. Of all the times, look, I'm gonna make it up to you. Just just one time. I got you. <laughs> Except, look, and then, but then you get the other guys who are just so sure that everything is, is peachy. And I had a guy that was like, uh, we bonded because of, you know, of my art. So, like, besides painting and all, I do a lot of artistic stuff. I don't know why I'm just broke. <laughs> um, but he was like, yeah, I've been asexual for such and so. We like, well, I'm not asexual, but I, I'm celibate and this and that. We talked about it. And then he made an advance at me but before that he'd made a joke about having a small penis and I was like well a lot of guys say that you know joke about that kind of thing mm-hmm. and I remember thinking I'm, there's absolutely no way I'm having sex with him but then when I saw his penis I was like well I've got to now because it was just like <laughs> y'all it was like it had been like two inches hard and it was never hard <laughs> the best way I can describe it is if you took a, a party balloon and you took one wimpy blow into it. I mean, it was oh as hard as it would ever get. Gosh. And you went for it? I was like, I got to now because if I say no, he knows it's because his penis is small. I'm like, Girl, I, I got to do it. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I was you're not the doing that, Kiki. Yes. I was a trooper. Yes. Kiki, you know, you're it not was ridiculous. No. no, if I saw it beforehand and I knew it was that small, then we, there's no way. I mean, we could talk about it all day, but we, every time we would have an appointment to meet or get together, something would have to come up. I'm busy. Something would have to come up. Something would have to come up. I just, no pun intended, right? No pun intended. And it wouldn't be his dick Maybe. going up inside of nothing over here. 
Mm-mm. Oh, it literally wasn't though. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I've I've never had such an awkward experience of like having to use my index and thumb to try and position it, and it was never inside me. I never <laughs> felt it get past no lips or nothing. I mean, it was like may have, oh. we were just like rubbing noses. It was like Eskimo kisses. I mean, oh it was just, no! Did you say Eskimo okay? Kisses? And you're just lying there. Oh, it feels so good. No, oh, wait. It, it, so did he at least give good head? He had to have amazing head to have a little penis like that. He didn't that. even attempt. Huh? He didn't even attempt. He didn't even try. Stop. Oh no! What? Girl, you know what? That's one for your books. Yes. Mm 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 mm. Yeah, I feel blessed though. I feel lucky because I feel as though I have. It's almost like seeing a unicorn. There's so many people in their entire life who will never see a micro penis live and in action in front of them. So I feel like, wow, I can say I saw that. You know, that that's a real thing. You know, yes. Poor guy, he was young too. I mean, he we about like he has to be like 22 or something now. But I'm like, whoa, man, like that's a long life of hardship there. Unless he learns yeah, how to give hellacious fellatio, like his his head would have to be amazing, seriously. And he needs to learn, or you know, learn the use of toys or something, or use his penis as a quick massage. I don't know. Like I, I feel like he would <laughs> learn how to be a cuckold or something. He, he better learn to like insults or humiliation. Or I mean, that's because I, mean, I know a lot of guys that, that like that. Or you he know? can go to our website, bellsboxes.com, Get him an extender. There and, you go. You know, hey, make it work. You work know, it out. Work it yeah. out. I don't ones. listen, guys. I swear, like that he is the behemoth of like putting a regular size condom on a penis and it looking like a trash bag. I mean, I don't even know if a penis pump would allow itself to be, to even cover it. I mean, it, <laughs> it would just be That's flopping you around. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he can use a pump as wow. well. He can use the bath mate. He can use that to help um, increase length and girth. You know, that's been, that's been shown. <laughs> he can use it to increase length and girth. <laughs> yes, yes. Guys, yeah. there's no hope for him. Stop trying to promote that he has hope. There's no hope for him. No hope. Okay. okay that's just there is hope. Oh, baby Vienna sausage. He's no- got a baby pee pee. Poor little Listen. tink tink. I don't know what happens. This guy, the only blessing that he has is that he can never impregnate anybody because it's not getting up in nothing. It's... I bet you he's still good. <laughs> it wouldn't even, it, and it's not even that it was small, like it was, it was tiny, of course, but the problem with it being, you know, a, it has to be hard. There has to be some sort of hardness to it. And it was like, no matter how much I prayed or hoped that it would just get harder, the hardest <laughs> it got, like I said, was like. Wow. Yeah, you are a real trooper. As I'm telling yeah, you, there's so continue, many females right? out here that would have just told him exactly like it was. <laughs> Like, no. Or laugh. That was the hardest part. I'm like, well, I can't laugh at him. He didn't choose his life, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. You are so compassionate. Mm-mm. No. It couldn't have been. I'm like, these are the things that I talk about on my hotline. I never knew they were actually real. Like, wow, my whole reality has shifted. Yeah. 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 In a world with all man. types of different genitals. Well, <laughs> we, we've definitely enjoyed the talk. We got to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, we didn't, you know what? We didn't get a chance to really dive into your life coaching. Um, so if you could let the people know where they can find you, um, all these experiences that you've had, I know you can help people. I know, um, and I can tell by your voice that you, you like sharing and you like helping people through things. Um, and you know, like I said, 
the work that you do is really therapy when you really break it down. Um, and so please let people know where they can reach you, where they can find you so that way, because I know there are people who have may have been abused and, and need somebody to help them through that, or they may just be going through some rough patches in life and they need, you know, someone in your area that can help them, you know, go through it. And do you offer like online coaching sessions or is it, you know, in your area, what area are you in? So let the people know how they can find you so that way you can help them in that area. Well, I got into it by going, um, there's this website, which even if you wanted to, you know, anyone else that's interested in being a phone sex worker or a life coach, there's this website called uh, Paid by the Minute. That's where I actually have a um, a couple ads up there. And that is basically like a phone call. So somebody could come to me, you know, call me when they're down and out or they're feeling bad or they, they have a, a goal that they'd like to meet. But I also have a... The website I sent you in a link, which is such a stupid, I hate Wix because of a, it's such a convoluted website, <laughs> but it is like, it's HT, it's fire-p2010 dot Wix site, which is W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash said shares smiles. So S-E-D-S-H-A-R-E-S-S-M-I. L-E-S, com, because I'm bad with technology. So it, for some reason, did it that way. So it's like com, but not a dot. That's your smile's com. Because I was thinking if I make it, I put dot com in it, it would do it, but it just didn't. Um, so yeah, that's the website. And that on that website, um, there's a whole bunch of different subcategories. You have like, I think it's like relationships, uh, personal goals, Spiritual, there's all types of different categories, and you can schedule a session there. Um, if you live in if you live in the area, then like oh, I'm I'm down to meet up and do all that. Uh, if you don't, I also do like phone services or email or video. Um, okay. Definitely Skype, that sort of thing. Cool. So even long distance people can contact me at that site. Awesome. Now, awesome, awesome. what area are you in? I actually live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So I'm oh, like so not far VA. from DC and DC. Richmond. Gotcha. So, so you're in the DMV area. Okay. So people in the DMV yes, area, indeed. you know, reach out to said if you know somebody that can use her help or if you can use her help, reach out to her. Um, you know, there's mm-hmm. too many people out here suffering and you have a whole lot of people who are willing to help those who are suffering. So you don't yes, have sir. to suffer alone. So reach out um, to said and any other therapist, you know, seek help. Um, definitely, you know, I'm all about I'm all about the therapy as a, you know, st- uh, therapy student. So, you know, definitely get it out there and go go get some help. So, but oh, definitely, don't be ashamed of it. Don't exactly. be ashamed of it. You know, it's the first step. Let's remove the stigma. We got to remove the stigma. But I do want to say this to you said that I salute you. I I think that you are one of the most courageous women I've met, you know, for doing what you do, because that is not an easy job. And you choose to go back to it every day. I think you deserve to make more money at what you do. And, you know, I just give you mad respect for what you do. I really do. You guys hear that? 
I just, so if you guys want, <laughs> you guys want to pay me more money, direct pay. Yeah, All right. Right. pay. Find, I'm open to find that. Your favorite, your favorite worker. Go ahead and pay her on the side. Pay, you figure it out, and y'all make it work. So that way, no more middlemen. You know, that's right. That's right. Well, that makes a difference. Because yes. we really all could be rolling, and it, it it could be like a thousand a week if they weren't cutting off all that. Which it should be. For it should be. Right? I'm telling you, I'm I'm a. We gonna talk, and I'm gonna figure out how to help you make some more money. You, you know, I'm 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 very pro sex worker. So hey, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Hopefully, we'll do another podcast. I've I was gonna say, fun. say you have to come back. You have to come back. Absolutely. I'm a hot mess, man. (laughs) Yes, I love that. We got to dig a little bit deeper. We got to hear some more stories. We got to get some more of the goods on you, girl. Y'all have fresh stories the next time. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do tonight. I don't know. I'm not even ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready. I'm like, oh, Lord, please let it be slow and just long calls and just not any weird ones tonight. But no poop, please. (laughs) <laughs> I'll take what I get, though. I'll take what I get. Right. Well, go ahead and get your work in. Uh, we appreciate you, and we'll yeah. definitely have you on again very soon. Yes. Thank you for joining us awesome. here at Lust, Lies, and Libido. Till the next time, said. Till next time. Everyone have a good night. You too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>